<laughs> Talk to me a little bit, guys, about what uh, it was like on the road for Brick back then at your at your peak in the you know late seventies. You know who who are some of the guys that you went out with, and could you just mm -hmm. share with me like one or two like sort of unforgettable things you remember about touring back then? Well, I remember we were out out on the road, and uh, we were out there with, with uh, Parliament Funkadelics. We were out there with um, Mother's Fanners, the Barkays. Um, oh gosh, on and on and on, and different artists, you know, and, and going to different cities. And I mean, it was it really it was a fun thing to me, you know. Went down to Acapulco. Who do we see? Sammy Davis. Yeah, Sammy Davis, Davis Jr. Acapulco. And, 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 and well, you know where? It we was played. at a bullfight. Yeah, bullfight. We played there. Yeah, that was one of the most fantastic things. Yeah. And um, I'm going to tell you about this. Sammy Davis was further down from us, and uh, the bull was was in the rain. And he and so what I did, I sat in with the uh, Mexican band, and I played trumpet. And I said, and I played... Uh, I played that, and the bull stopped. He stopped <laughs> and looked up in the in the audience and, and everything. And uh, so and so, Sammy Davis turned around and threw his thumb up, you know, like this, you know. This some nice things that happened, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> real good things. Yeah. You guys were like matadors on that one. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, getting back to um, the way that chronologically how things went, mm -hmm. um, in 1978, Brick took a year off. There was no album. I think uh, the next one, Stoneheart, came out in 79. And, right. you know, I don't know if that's where you're talking about where producers start kind of tinkering with the formula, but to me, you know, I'll just be honest, I just didn't think it was as strong as the first two records, and it didn't do quite as well. So right. talk to me a little bit about what was going on there, and how did you guys feel about that album? Well, it wasn't mixed right, you know, um, the Stoneheart album and a lot of the albums, because we were out of our element with our uh, engineer, you know, and people who really knew what sounds we were looking for. We were basically, after that, we were around strangers. And, right. and, and strangers don't know your sound. They right. don't know where it came sound. from. Right. And But when you're around somebody that knows what it takes to get a dead audience up and what energy it takes, and you got to, you know the formula. And so we just had to get around people who, who are into that hot formula. Right. Ray Parker um, got us really close to uh, what Brick Sound, you know, yeah. was really about. Ray Parker, Ray Parker Jr. Um, and uh, because of uh, sweat till you get wet, it went to um, ten, uh, top ten. Top mm -hmm. It went top ten, uh, sweat till you get wet. So he did a, a good job with us, you know, but still, you know, it, 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 it wasn't really the, the brick what, sound. Yeah, brick yeah, sound. Yeah, brick sound. Well, yeah, Sweat was a great record, too. I was really glad to hear that you come back with that one. Um, but on Stoneheart, so what happened? Was there, was there personal changes at the label? Because, I mean, why would they tamper with your great success formula at that point? Well, they just wanted to do what they wanted to do. They didn't want to listen to us. <laughs> no, they didn't want to listen. No, they, we were telling them what to do, but they right. didn't want to listen. Right. They, um, they just felt that 
we had to have a producer. And we really didn't need that. We didn't need, we really didn't need anyone to produce us because the, the way we were successful is really like we seen earlier, you know, working to, um, together as, a, as musicians, you know, and it, that was the difference. See, the way it was in the beginning, we were left alone in the studio to create. Right. And just let, leave them alone and let, let, them, them, let them come up with it within the time that they want to come up with it. Don't rush them. Mm -hmm. And we had to feel it. And so one day a week, every Wednesday from 12 to 6, that's when we got, you know, uh -huh. we came, up, we with came up with some stuff. But uh, when they took that away, then, you know, one wanted the same. Yeah, what to say. I, I want to go back in time and, and, you know, shake some sense into those guys because, man, it's like, <laughs> Didn't they hear ain't gonna hurt nobody? I mean, you gotta, you know, not mess with it. See, a lot of times yeah. they thought somebody else did it. Yeah. They didn't believe that we did it. And that was what so tripped us out. Like, <laughs> we make up a song, then they gonna act like we didn't make it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask this. So back then, late 70s, did you guys listen much? You, you were touring with a lot of other well-known bands. Did you pay much attention to what they were doing? Did you pay much attention to, to trends? Or did you try to kind of keep blinders on and just do more of your own thing? I mean, what influences from outside affected you guys? Well, a lot of people followed up our lead, the way we dressed. You know, we came yeah. in different. They copied off of us. <laughs> yeah, they came in, you know. So we didn't really copy off of nobody. Yeah. They copied off of us. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right so the next album was waiting on you which okay. didn't do i too thought much. was pretty good too i mean i thought it was definitely better than stoneheart push push was pretty good waiting on you was a good a good okay. cut but at that point maybe the label wasn't doing what they needed to do from a promotional aspect right yeah yeah that's what it was mm -hmm. Also, I noticed on that record, looking at uh, credits, you guys had some outside players. Uh, was this the first time I see some names like backing vocals and additional keyboards and things like yeah. that? Um, was that like the labels doing or how, what happened there? Well, Donald Nivens, you know, he passed. And so he was replaced by Ambry to play keyboards. And basically everything else is basically the same. Yeah, you know, um, well, you know, we use uh, uh, the string players from the symphony orchestra. Right. Uh, in fact, only ain't gonna hurt nobody. Mm -hmm. We use the string players from there, and uh, uh, and 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 we use some girls too, right? Veronica on, and uh, right on on different songs like yeah, that. You know, but other than that, it was all of us. You know, just all of us. Right. And Push Push actually was a bit of a comeback. It uh, got to number 21 on the R&B chart. Yeah, yeah, Push Push, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted to point out also that throughout, you know, Brick's recorded history, you know, you look at the themes, the lyrics, the sound, the vibe, has always been very positive, upbeat. You know, where did that influence and philosophy come from? You know, why is the, where's all that positivity come from with the band? I mean, it just, it's uplifting music. Well, basically, a lot of people in the band go to church. And we just wasn't into that, you know, other type of language. We just want to keep it clean. 
And the cleaner that we kept it, it seemed like the further we could go with it. Yeah, the more positive everything is, you know. Little kids be listening to it. And, and then, too, we, you know, you have to feel positive. That's my thing. Um, feeling positive, and, and you want the people to feel what you feel. You know, you want them to get out there and jump up and down and have a good time and love the music mm -hmm. and everything. So that's what it is, you know, just, just being positive about everything, you know, your music and the people and everything. Just like a hot minister getting ready to preach, a hot sermon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Victor, for you being back there behind the kit, what's it like being back there and, and seeing Reggie and Jimmy up there doing their thing? Well, it's, it's amazing because, like I said, I never thought I'd be up on the stage with, with the group. I was a fan of Reggie. I wanted to be a guitar player, so now I got the best seat in the house. I get the chance to be back there playing with him and watching a great show from some great musicians, some idols. Yeah, our next goal to take Vic into the studio and yeah. create. He, Vic is an outstanding drummer. Right. Uh, he's a very powerful drummer because Brick's music, it takes a lot of energy in order to play it. And so, and I mean, he he plays it all the way, all the way, right. Get energy from it. Yeah. Actually, I'm curious, you know, there seems to be a lot of synergy between guitar and drums. You know, there's guys like Ernie Isley I can think of did both, and of course Prince did both. And mm -hmm. um, so Vic, I'm curious, you know, your your interest in guitar, did that inform your drumming in some kind of way? How do those relate to each other? Well, the sound that Brick had, guitar, the, the rhythm of the guitar always was very interesting to me as a playing guitar as a hobby. Then when I started playing drums and working with Jimmy's son, which is uh, Sleepy Brown from Organized Noise, I was over there and I heard start back listening to their songs. And when he told me they was looking for a drummer, I saw opportunity. I can get in and come in and bring what I had to the band and to what their drummer already had before and just recreate the wheel. That's mm -hmm. what I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, get the chance to play with some legends. Who gets a chance to do that in their lifetime? <laughs> Especially ones that are still as good as they ever were, right? Exactly. Yeah. Don't yeah. miss a beat. Because I try to push him to the limit. <laughs> yeah, he pushed. No doubt about it. <laughs> That's perfect for push push. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in 1981, we, we talked about it a lot already, but Ray Parker Jr. came in and, and, you, and helped you get back to your, your roots with, with Sweat. Also, the title track was, was really good. There were other good cuts on that Summer Heat album in right. 1981. You know, so how did you connect with Ray Parker, and what was it like working with him? Our management got us in touch with Ray Parker. That was Cavallo Ruffalo, and so they got us. In, they got us in touch with Ray Parker. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and what was he like working with? How was it different from what you'd done before? I mean, he is such a seasoned session player. Uh, for viewers and listeners, this was before he really hit it big on his own as a solo artist, although radio had had some hits, but it was before Ghostbusters and that kind of stuff. Right. So what, what was he like? We got, he like Ray, we, just, we got with him right before he did Ghostbusters. So yeah, he exactly. copied a lot of my licks. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he copied my style. <laughs> okay, Larissa. <laughs> he stole from me. <laughs> Uh, got you, got you throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you guys must have been very hardened though when Sweaty got wet, um, went back up the charts, and you guys were like, "Oh man, it feels so good oh, to get yeah. that, that weight yeah. off and get back out there." Right? That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, it got us back. You know, uh, in the people's act. In other words, we got that guy doing concerts and everything, so it was great, you know. And uh, but like I say, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's really phenomenal for for us to be still out here today. Forty years later. Forty-one years. Forty-one years. Later. Okay, later, and we and we still kicking. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, that's 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 straight. That's wonderful. No question about that. It is phenomenal. Um, yeah. The Summer Heat album also had Ollie Brown. Did, was did Ray Parker bring him in or how? Yeah, happen? he did. He did some yeah. things. Uh, yeah. Sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he did on some tracks. Uh-huh. So wait till you get wet. Yeah. So then after that, you had two more albums after five, um, which I think this is the the cover from that that they used on Best. Right, of that's the cover right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. We had the tuck. We had the tuck. Tuck uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The back with the. The Jerry curl. Right. The, <laughs> and the Jerry curl. <laughs> I, I got the crystal bricks. Right. right. The crystal bricks in front. Yeah, that was a, a nice album. <laughs> um, yeah, so you had the uh, After Five and 82, and then uh-huh. nothing until 88. So what was kind of happening at that point? Why was there such a, a delay between those two records? Well, you know, like during that time, you know, um, we actually wasn't playing, you know, we weren't, uh, it was a long time before we actually went back, uh, got back out, you know, start playing again. Um, I, I believe it was at, at least, what, 15, Something 15, like 17 years, years before, you know, we, we just, just cut it off. We just cut it shut off. It we, weren't, we weren't playing anywhere. Uh, you know, some of us were playing locally and, you know, stuff like that, but... We didn't have no management. And no, we didn't have any management or anything. So we just... We really just shut it down. We just shut it down, you know. And um, uh, we got with Norman Smith, right? Yeah, uh, uh, this promoter of Norman Smith, we got with him. And uh, we worked with him for about how many years? 15 years. 15 years. So we were going out doing concerts again, you know, with him. But that was every... Now, now and then, and then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that went down and everything, but uh, so finally, like three years ago, uh, now, uh, we got with um Belinda, you know Belinda Belinda Perval. Perval. She uh, she said, "Well, I'll come on and see what I can do with these." She stuff. took us from the ashes. <laughs> she took hey. us from the ashes of nothing. <laughs> To planes, right. look at the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, uh, Vic, Victor uh, actually introduced us to Belinda, okay? Because mm-hmm. he knew uh, Belinda because Belinda worked uh, for my son, Sleepy Brown, with Outkast. Um, she, you know, she was working with him, so he was familiar with Belinda. He knew what Belinda could do. And, he, and she said, I guess he went to her, so you think you can get this old car cranked up? 
Yeah. <laughs> Get it going. So Vic and Belinda kept everything together. Right. That's how we. That's how we. That's why we still ticket. We yeah. had to go get somebody to keep the heart going. So yeah, she got the blood flowing back for him again. Yeah. So yeah. now we back powerful as ever. Now the only yeah. thing we missing is hair. No, no, he got here. <laughs> I got all my hair. But right now, we, we got a well oiled machine. Now. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, we back it. out here now, for yeah. real. We are, we are actually working. We are working, working man. <laughs> we are happy yeah, man. <laughs> that's right. We are happy man because we are working man. Excellent. So when you say happy now, you really made it. Members, right. <laughs> Let me ask you guys, um, you know, what, let's talk about funk music for just a second. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody says to you, describe funk, what is it, what does it mean to you? Uh, how do you, how do you describe it? Everyone seems to have a little bit different take, but I'm curious what it means in your minds. Mm -hmm. Well, my thing is, is, is putting, uh, rhythms together okay um like with uh vic for instance you know vic could play a certain rhythm and automatically play with me to be able to to uh to hear what the, the bass should be doing he's doing this is how i come up you know and and the, and the chord changes you know, and, and this is how I come I base my funk thing as, as, as far as coming up with funk, you know. And I and, and, and the thing about it, I've always believed this. If I can feel it, then somebody else can. If I can't feel what's happening, and I feel like then it, it's not, you know, it's not there. And and that's and I, I believe that's what's happening with Reggie as far as Reggie can come up with rhythms. He can play guitar parts and play other guitar parts against that guitar part, and it happens. It's just automatic. Yeah, you had to play your instrument for a while, maybe about four or five hours straight, and then your fingers start doing things. It's like magic. You might accidentally hit a note, and you use it. I've I've heard it said that part of it is you know what you don't play, you know the the, yeah. the spaces. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true too. And I mean, that has to be so much about feel, right? Yeah, funk is simplicity. It's simplicity. Yeah, it's simplicity. That's it's simplicity. Right. That's all it is. It's yeah. driving simplicity. Right. And a lot of musicians, they go out, they try to just show you everything they can play in, in one song. And then it, it, it's not, it, funk is grooving, vibing, grooving. And if you can lock a groove and vibe, then you got some funk. You got some funk. And yeah. that's what I learned from these guys right here. Yeah, that's simplicity. Yeah, come in, make yeah. it simple, and drive it. <laughs> right, and, drive. and you got it. Yeah, that's it. So it hadn't failed for me yet. I've been here 15 years. So yep. besides, I told them they couldn't get rid of me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, that's what you're picking up at Brick University, right? Right. <laughs> I'm about to get my fifth degree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So how do you guys keep it uh, fresh, you know, when you're, you're playing these songs that, you know, from, you know, 40 years ago or whatever? And, um, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the, the response you get from the crowd. But 
you know, how right. do you keep it from becoming sort of routine and, and keep it fresh when you keep playing? Well, to me, you got to approach the song just like you played it the first time. Go in there with that kind of energy and, and execute it. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And then it, it, it's, it's all based upon what you do with your music. If your music is still growing in people, people's ears, you have to be open for the new things and you just put them in just enough to where you still current. Right. We have like um, three to four generations yeah. of people that knows Brick's music. And it's still out there today. Um, I even seen little children today, you know, uh, babies, and you can put dads on and they start jumping. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, the energy, my energy, the way I get my energy from everything is when we go out and we get on stage and we and we go in, they ain't gonna hurt nobody. And when people jump up in the air, that's all I mean. I, hey, I'm, I feel good and fresh every time <laughs> after all these years. Just keeping you a crew of musicians. Yeah. That are current with everything and, and mm -hmm. that knows what they have to do and know their parts. That's it. And it, it goes back into having a manager that having an ear that listening for all the things right. that you're supposed to do to keep uh -huh. it current. We do. Yeah. We are well all team. <laughs> yep. What what do you guys make of the current state of music today, you know? And if if uh, I don't know, if you have a son, sons or nephews or anybody that's thinking about going to music or musicians, you know, what advice do you give the young guys? Well, music nowadays is mostly made up with computers and everything. And a lot of times they're copying off each other. What I miss is, is originality, you know, original creativity out there and that, that you can feel. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that too, you know, the, the young fellas, they have come up, they call it beats. I, well, I'm quite, I'm quite sure you know that, and um, and they, maybe it was rap on top of it, and and maybe run like one land, a land that they hear, a simple land that they may hear on the keyboard or something like, that. and then and that's it. But the difference is, um, is uh, musicianship. You know, learn learn about music. You know, just don't you know uh, listen uh, uh, to anything. Just Learn, learn your music. Learn how to learn how to read some music. Learn know? the basics. Yeah, learn the basics. the basics of music. You know, it makes it makes a big difference. And the difference is that's why Brick is still here today, because it was musicians that got together, and they all know how. You know, they know music, and they put uh, put this thing together, and it worked. You know, uh, but um, today you got YouTube. And, 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 and you got everything now, okay? And 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 uh, you know, guys can come out, put some uh, something on YouTube, and be an instant <laughs> hit the next day. Overnight sensations. Overnight sensations and stuff like that. So, but as far as uh, music goes, um, it, there are there's some rap music that I like, okay? I mean, I, I um. Well, some of the samples you guys. But, yeah. Some of it uses your guys' beats, right? Yeah, a lot of them. yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them sample of uh, our music. So, <laughs> but uh, hey, well, we we got paid, we got paid for it. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Hammer, yeah. MC Hammer. He used a doozy, doozy. and the, he used a track, 
and he called it um it's all good you remember that it's all good doom, 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 doom. It's all good. Well, you know, and, and kid and play use them. All the different ones use our uh, music, but you know, we get paid for it. Slowly, <laughs> you get paid for it. Right. Well, everyone can help with that, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. You guys are out there on the road. Um, you know, what, what do you have coming up, uh, you know, in the near future? And are we going to hear some new music, do you think, from Brick? Yes, I, I, I really believe uh, you are going to hear some new music from Brick. You know, we um, are basically now getting back out just to being uh, playing, playing and everything. Once I'm a manager. Actually, what we're going to do is record a live album. That's our next step, is to record a live album. Brick doesn't have a live album. And that's what we, we do that. I think that'll um, uh, be very successful and get us to, you know. We're just gonna get the people opportunity for those who didn't get a chance to see us live, then they can take us home and have us live because they're missing a damn right. good show. Yeah, we need to do it live. Yeah, if we you see it live, live, you ain't gonna never want to see it no other way. Yeah, that's it. When should folks start looking out for that, do you think? And, you know, uh, do you have a lot of shows coming up? They should also. Uh, well, where should they go to get more information, first of all? Um, Thebandbrick.com, the website. Mm -hmm. Thebandbrick.com. You can go there and you can get all our information. Up to date uh, on that, everything. Up to date on everything, the dates coming up and everything. Pictures and everything. It's a, it's a, it's a new world over there. Check it out. Everybody need to see it. Yeah, they need to see that. But hopefully, starting the next year, we will start working on a live album. Right. And we're going to bring it in in a big way. The only way Brick can do it, upside your head hard and funky. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys come to uh, North Carolina, I'm definitely there. And I'm definitely there when the record comes out. You can bet on that. Um, I actually have okay. Okay. That's some, yeah, that's, yeah, I actually have some uh, possible song titles you know, for you. Um, if you come back, uh, you know, the new millennium, with Daz, you know, you can do Dunk or Faz or Fusic, uh -huh. you know, so those are some ideas. Uh -huh. Run with those if you want. Music. <laughs> hey. I hear you. I'm sure you've heard that before. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys would like to add? That uh, Anything else you want to plug? Oh, yeah, well, well we have... Um, a young lady that we added as a background vocalist would bring um, Terry. Terry Brown. Terry Brown is her name. Terry Brown. Uh, Eric Flores is the bass player. And also, Jaron Cox is the keyboard player. So we uh, just wanted to mention those names, you know what I mean? People know. In the near yeah. future, we'll probably have pictures out of the, of the group so you could see them. Right. Remember, go to thebandbrick.com. Thebandbrick.com. Can't forget that. Thank you. thank you. And thank you for having us, Scott. Thank you. Well, thank with you that, everything. it's coming up this edition of Truth and Rhythm. A huge thanks to my special guests, Reggie Hargis, Jimmy Brown, and Victor Alexander, the legendary Brick. Thank you again so much, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. And thank okay, you. Thank you. Thank you.
Be sure to look out for upcoming Truth and Rhythm episodes and catch up with previous installments at funkinstuff.net, YouTube, iTunes, and other leading podcast providers. If you're an artist or a music industry figure interested in being a guest on this program or a fan wanting to see a particular person interviewed, send me an email and let's see if we can make it happen. Until next time, on behalf of Jimmy, Victor, Reggie, and Brick, this is Scott, Dr. Jake Skolfine, saying keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. Thank <laughs> you.